the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by the Federation for American Immigration Reform and George Rodriguez on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio and KLUP, El Conservador Show, on this beautiful October 8th, 2022. How is everybody doing? Welcome to the show. We've got a packed one to do for you today. As usual, my friends, as usual. Um, let me tell you who the, who the guests are real quick. And then let me talk a little bit about big news that's been happening uh, in the immigration area, first of all. Uh, of course, uh, first of all, we're going to have Mr. Jason Jones. He's a regular um, on our show. He's a Newsmax uh, reporter and, uh, and uh, border crime expert. He's going to be chatting, my friends, in the past... Uh, week there have been two shootings uh, in uh, on the border uh, where two illegal aliens were shot in one instance in Hudspeth County and uh, another one in El Paso. Now, uh, what is going on? Well, I, I in a very very broad sense, my friends, uh, the illegal aliens are uh, overpowering, overwhelming the border patrol. That's been happening for over a year and gotten worse, as well as they have become more aggressive. They have become much more aggressive. And, uh, you know, while some are very, very timid and will uh, sheepishly uh, do what they're told, uh, some of these guys are starting to get, uh, especially these younger men, uh, are starting to get uh, very, very uh, bold. And one of the issues that's happening, my friends, is that uh, a lot of them, uh, have criminal records, and they're returning to the United States, and of course they don't want to get caught again. While others have criminal records in in their home country, and they don't want to get caught as well. So uh, the combination, my friends, of not screening people before they come into the United States is creating a problem on, in the United States. Of course, this this point is lost on uh, on the shallow minds of the of liberals. But that's the fact. Uh, we also have uh, Mr. Randy Clark, and Randy is a is a reporter for uh, Breitbart, uh, a border e uh, expert as well. Uh, he's going to be chatting, giving us an update of what is happening uh, in uh, in Del Brio and Eagle Pass, which have been the hot spots lately of uh, of the uh, illegal immigration of the illegal aliens cro crossing. So uh, Randy Clark's going to be chatting with us about that. Then we have Mr. Todd Bensman. Mr. Todd Bensman is also a regular with us. He is from uh, the Center for Immigration Studies. He's going to be chatting with us about uh, how this uh, whole situation uh, in foreign policy has been molded uh, to allow illegal immigration to exist. He's also going to be chatting a little bit about his latest article with uh, regards to... Uh, Haiti, uh, the shenanigans that this at Biden administration has been involved in, my friends, in foreign policy, it, it's uh, it, it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing and shameful. And he's going to be chatting about how uh, the Haitian government has uh, profited from uh, the Haitian dictator has profited from an agreement with the Biden administration. That'll be very, very interesting. Finally, we have Mr. Dale Wilcox. Dale Wilcox is the chief executive officer for the Immigration Reform Law Institute in Washington, D.C. And um, Dale is going to be chatting with us a little bit about all of the laws 
that are being violated on a daily basis. All of the immigration laws that are being, uh, uh, th- all the violations that are occurring on a daily basis. And uh, it, it was, having said that, let me, that, that's a good way to, um, to uh, move uh, into the topic of uh, news because one of the big things that happened this past week was that the, uh, the appeals court, the U.S. appeals court, the federal appeals court, upheld that DACA is not lawful. DACA. That is the dreamer's uh, law. That is the, the deferred for a, unaccompanied minors law. That's the one that was put together. Uh, it's an executive action, actually, that was put together by Obama back in 2012 that uh, allows uh, unaccompanied minors to stay in the United States without fear of deportation. They're allowed to stay indefinitely. They are allowed to uh, to uh, have workers' permits, I believe. They are allowed, bottom line is that they are rewarded for being illegally in the United States only because they were minors when they came. Well, the law, the, the court ruled that a president cannot change immigration law. Imagine that. In fact, the court said that a president cannot change any laws. How about that? Of course, the, uh, the, the, the Democrats are just having a meltdown over that because, well, they don't believe in the Constitution anymore. So uh, that has happened, and that's causing some, some anxiety. The other thing that has happened, my friends, is this whole issue of violence on the border, my friends. There is a ticking time bomb on the border, my friends, with Americans who are frustrated and angry. And this situation, my friends, is going to get worse. So, without further ado, let's go to our first uh, guest, Mr. Jason Jones. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got our good friend, Mr. Jason Jones, with Newsmax and former DPS uh, officer, Um, I wanted to get him on because he's been uh, traveling. He's been in Arizona <clears throat> uh, reporting about what's going on over there with the um, with the border crisis. Uh, Jason, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking time to be with us. Um, tell us about uh, your trip. What did you see and learn in, in Arizona? Sure, George. As always, it's great to be with you, buddy. Uh, we had a pretty incredible week. We were embedded with America's border sheriff, Mark Lamb's people, uh, in Pinal County, Arizona, just so everyone's aware that that county is north of the border. It does not lie on the border. It's got a border between a law with a, with a reservation. And so most of where we were working was on interstate 10, anywhere from, you know, 80 to 100 plus miles into the United States, working with some of the most elite units of his anti smuggling unit. And I was stunned at what we were seeing. I mean, it was pursuit after pursuit. It was bailout after bailout. And one of the trends that really sticks out with me that they are seeing that we don't see in Texas as of yet as frequently is juveniles who are illegally in the country smuggling illegal aliens. And that's exactly what you saw back to back. We had an incident where we had a pursuit. They had 11 uh, migrants in the back, fully camouflaged, head to toe. And then you had a juvenile female, 16 years of age, who had fled driving in a vehicle, no driver's license, of course, uh, and illegally in the country. And they are seeing that routinely, George. In addition, though, um, then another trend that they're seeing that's really interesting is people coming from all over the country. Some of the detectives uh, that I interviewed told me they're apprehending people as far north as Chicago and Ohio coming down just to smuggle people uh, across the country. Why Why do you think that they're using, first of all, let me ask you, why do you think that they are using uh, illegal alien minors? Because they know that they won't be arrested. Uh, and if they are, eventually charges will be dropped or will be uh, mostly reduced. And that's exactly what's happening. I mean, you know, one incident I told you about, they did apprehend the girl, but, you know, to what degree she'll be charged, you know, they all know that because they're a juvenile, they'll be able to get back pretty quickly. Wow. Incredible. 
And then these people that are coming from uh, out of state, from distances, they're, they're just coming down to make money? That's exactly what it is. And this is what I call um, this transcendence, where we, we're seeing a real convergence now, where you've got so much uh, transnational crime impacting the southern border. What is happening, George, is they're putting it out on Snapchat. The guys were showing me just one group after the next group. They're advertising, make up to $4,000 per head, as they say, um, to move people uh, from the border region into the country. Now, they're not paying that. The smugglers are usually paying between 500 a head to 1000 on average is what the guys are telling me. Uh, but it's really interesting to watch the dynamics play out because when you watch some of these groups on Snapchat, they'll, they'll throw up a whole lot of money. You know, they'll show several thousand dollars. And then they'll show all their gold bling, sometimes some guns, and they'll say, come on down, uh, make your money. And then they're doing it all on Snapchat. And you would think that, uh, I mean, uh, there are instances where I say something that apparently is too conservative, and I will be banned, but apparently it's okay to advertise that uh, uh, to smuggle people and you won't get in trouble. <laughs> Yeah, and not only that, you know, this is also how so many young people across the country are ordering fentanyl, which they many times are ordering something else, not realizing it's laced with fentanyl, uh, which is happening, you know, repeatedly. I interviewed a mom who lost her 17-year-old daughter uh, to a fentanyl poisoning uh, last year, and it's a humbling thing. You know, we talk about these numbers, George. You know, I talk about the 107,622 people who died last year from overdoses. You know, we talk about the amount of human smuggling, human trafficking, but we can't forget Americans are being impacted. This is hurting families. And when you sit down with a mom who lost her 17-year-old daughter who wasn't a drug addict, who wasn't, you know, this is a, an average middle-aged uh, uh, family who lost their daughter, walked upstairs, knocked on the door because she hadn't come down and she's dead. Uh, from one fentanyl pill, you realize the magnitude of what we're really talking about and dealing with here because there are serious consequences to these failed policies. Now, you know, speaking of the fentanyl, um, I've seen it in in uh, in the form of candy like uh, M&Ms. Uh, I'm really worried, you know, as Halloween is approaching, that, um, you know, this, this fentanyl-laced candy or fentanyl uh, made up to look like candy is going to really have an impact uh, on uh, on children. Well, I think it will, and we have to remember who's responsible for this. So that is a strategic decision by the Los Chapitos cell of the Sinaloa cartel who started that. Now it's had, it's reached, you know, uh, national news all over the United States and now other uh, cartels and smugglers are, are involved. But originally, that was a strategic decision to target our youth. That's what we, And we know that from DEA and from the, the labs as they analyzed the first uh, pills that were coming out that were colored, that they were normal fentanyl pills with one extra thing, and that was dye, the color dye um, on this. So on the street, they call it Skittles uh, or lollipops, but at the end of the day, it's a killer. And I was stunned. The Sinaloa dope is what is moving across into Arizona. It's not any other cartel. They they pretty much, between all the different uh, cells of the Sinaloa cartel, are the ones that control the Arizona border. And they're telling me that 40% of the fentanyl pills seized and then looked at by the DEA are hot pills, meaning that that pill will kill the host. 40%. Now That's we incredible. we had uh, I had um, Sheriff Lamb on the show yesterday or last week should I say, and um, I was asking him about um, that uh, how it was that uh, some of these uh, illegals were becoming more aggressive. He was telling me about um, attacks and they fight back against the uh, uh, arresting uh, border patrol agents, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, did you hear any of that? I didn't see them fighting, but they are definitely so emboldened that they're running, and they're running in every direction. Even when law enforcement is standing right next to them trying to apprehend someone right by them, they'll just run right by them. I mean, I've got a video of it uh, that we shot this week. So 
the goal, though, when they're law enforcement is to get the smuggler. That's their goal, number one priority. After that, then they'll chase everyone else. But they want to get that smuggler to try to get some kind of charges on them for the activities because they're seeing so many, you know, repeat offenders in this arena. So I, I think that when I think back over what I'm seeing, the biggest takeaway here is that one is that this isn't happening like on the border in Texas. This is 80 plus miles into the country. I want to be very clear here. Second, you've got these people who are fully camouflaged, head to toe, been in the desert. On average, they're telling me five to seven days by the time they get to Interstate 10. And then they usually get picked up between Phoenix and Tucson. The smuggler arrives, honks the horn, or just sits there with his flashers on. They come running out, they jump in. And then the goal from there is to make it to Phoenix, to the stash houses, where from there, they're then transported throughout the country in, in multiple methods. So... You know, what we're really talking about here is a new slave trade. People yeah. don't want to call it that. It doesn't feel right, George. But this is what we're really looking at, this sheer volume. I mean, let me give you an example. Um, it was Thursday morning. The very first vehicle that we stopped was a was a pickup truck. It had uh, six IA, uh, migrants in it. We apprehended four, including the driver. Then the very next stop we made, the very next one, we apprehended two smugglers out of Tucson. One of them wanted on a probation, uh, I'm sorry, a parole warrant for a weapons charge, which they would not extradite back on. And he and a female were smuggling three migrants in the back of the vehicle. So it just kind of goes to show you the breadth and scope of how much smuggling is taking place out there. Now, now can you explain to us why it is that illegal aliens are in Del Rio and Eagle Pass are are uh, walking up and claiming asylum while these in uh, Arizona are trying to uh, smuggle themselves in. What's the difference? Sure, it's a great question because this is what is the news is not explaining. So across the southern border, it doesn't matter whether it's in Arizona or whether it's in Texas, in every state, what is happening along the southwest border is you have two groups you have those that we call the give-ups or those that walk across the border and turn themselves in. You have to remember, under DHS policies, there are only four nations that do not allow people to stay currently, as we're talking right now. That's Mexican citizens, Hondurans, Guatemalans, and El Salvadorians. Everyone else can turn themselves right in. So the give-ups, as they call them, will literally walk right up to Border Patrol and say, here we are. All the others are what we call runners or gotaways. Those are people who are working with the alien smuggling organizations and the Mexican cartels to get further into our country. And so what I do is I don't go down and just watch those people who turn themselves in. That's what you see from 99% of the the news. That's the easy stuff. What I'm trying to do is show you the people who are what are known as the gotaways. These are folks who are able to make it through under the cover of darkness being clandestinely moved into the United States by the alien smuggling groups and these cartels and with whom they will be indebted to for years, if not decades to come. Now, the people that are giving themselves up, many of them are in debt bondage as well, George. But once they cross that river, they're able to turn themselves in because of the failed DHS policy. See, this is what's causing all of this. So, it's a great question because so many people get it, get that that part completely confused. But it is the failed policies of the administration that is causing all of this along the border. Good, right. buddy. Uh, tell the folks where they can follow you, and uh, thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Let the folks know how, where we can follow you. Absolutely. We are always on Newsmax every single day. You can follow us there. And then also you can follow me at jasonjones.com or tripwiresandtriggers.com. You got it. Once again, my friends, we've been speaking with our good friend, Mr. Jason Jones, reporter with Newsmax and former Texas Department of Public Safety official. Thank you very, very much, Jason, for being with us again. Always great to be with you, George. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from San Antonio, deep in the heart of South Texas. And we've got our good friend, Mr. Randy Clark, a reporter with Breitbart News, 
Uh, on the border, he is down here in uh, the Eagle Pass, uh, Kenny County area. And uh, I wanted to reach out to him to get an update of what is going on in his neck of the woods. Randy, thank you for taking time to be with us. What's going on in your neck of the woods? I have heard about car chases. What are you hearing? Well, I, I wish I had good news for you, George, but it seems like every time we do a border update, it, things are getting worse and worse. Uh, we've had two deadly accidents within the last seven days in, in the general vicinity of the border. Uh, the first one was in Uvalde uh, early last week. Uh, a 17-year-old female human smuggler was transporting several migrants in a vehicle, uh, driving erratically on the highway towards Uvalde. Uh, Uvalde Police Department tried to stop that vehicle with some spike strips. Eventually, there was a, a multiple car vehicle accident uh, where that young female struck her. And it resulted in her death and the death of one of the migrants she was transporting. Uh, near Brackettville yesterday, there was one involving five migrants. Three of those were killed. Uh, it was a single vehicle accident. Uh, the sheriff I spoke to yesterday there, Brad Coe, believes that you know, they may have just been traveling too fast. And one of the alarming things that he explained to me was when their deputies are first making contact with these vehicles that are smuggling humans on the highway, they're already driving 80, 90 miles an hour because they want to get out of border area as fast as possible. So they're not even being chased by police or authorities in some cases. They're just driving unsafely on the highway because they want to make as much distance between the border and authorities as they can. Now, uh, you you served in the Border Patrol as well as I worked in, in immigration in Washington. There used to be, tell me if it's still the same, there used to be a, um, uh, a certain zone uh, from the river or from the border to the interior where the um, Border Patrol would put up a station on the road and uh, try to keep people, try to catch people within that zone. Are these people trying to get out of that zone and then just beyond it? Or are these people just trying to outrun law enforcement in general? Well, so you bring up a good point. Uh, that authority still exists, and the Border Patrol has numerous highway checkpoints, uh, generally speaking, within 25 miles of the border, aerial miles, all across the country on the southwest border. Uh, the problem is there's multiple highways that can circumvent those establish checkpoints as a tool the border patrol can establish temporary checkpoints to cut off traffic when traffic moves into those areas to get around their regular checkpoints however they're so inundated with, with the more than 2.2 million they apprehended last year and thousands crossing daily that they're all processing and don't have the time to get out there on those highways and establish these tactical checkpoints in the last year of the trump administration when i retired in 2020 we made great use of tactical checkpoints in fact we purchased new equipment to make sure we could keep those up as much as we had and, and give us a surprise element that's how we were able to curb human smuggling that does not happen anymore now it's all on the hands of local and state authorities in those roadways that are circumventing the checkpoints and of course while they're doing that the uh, drug smuggling, which is the other half of it, besides the human smuggling, the drug smuggling is going on through another through through other uh, areas, right? That's correct. You know, a lot of this fentanyl that we're seeing, these tablets and pills, some comes across the river between ports of entry, but a lot of it is blending in with the thousands of trucks and cars that come across from Mexico daily. But that also hits our highways, and it hits the interior of the United States. And I think everybody knows, you know, we had some overdoses in Del Rio, Texas, which strikes very close to home of fentanyl. Uh, it's everywhere. And it's the leading cause of death for young adults in America right now. And, and it's only getting worse. Wow. So uh, what other news items do you have for us of uh, coverage, like uh, drownings? I mean, that's another thing that's been happening uh, is the amount of carnage with drownings, never mind people getting lost in the woods and dying, but the drownings as well. Well, we, we know from CBP that there have been over 800 deaths this past fiscal year that, that ended last week. 800? Uh, that's over 800. Wow. But that's just what CBP has encountered. In other words, that's along the river and and migrants that the Border Patrol has recovered out on ranches. But that doesn't include uh, some of those you know migrants that perish in the interior of the United States in these crashes like Uvalde. 
those deaths are not going to be counted because that's that strictly involved local authorities. They're not going to turn those stats over to the Border Patrol. So we don't know, George, how many people have died between San Diego and Brownsville that the Border Patrol or CBP did not recover themselves. Uh, and some bodies are recovered by authorities in Mexico. So I think that's why we, we saw this border called the most deadliest in the world this year because i think folks realize that we're not going to get a clear count but but the minimum that we do know is staggering wow i mean it just really i mean the the 800 numbers just i mean i remember when people used to get upset because there was one death uh or or two deaths but 800 incredible and those are the ones that we know about well, in your neck of the woods, there, you know, there were 53 in the back of that semi-tractor trailer. And you you know as well as I do in our day in, in this service of this country, that would have been a big deal. Oh, yeah. But to those in power right now, that was not a big deal. That was just a cost of maintaining an open border. And it's really sad because, the, you know, those are the victims here. Uh, Americans are being victimized. They're having their property trampled through. Uh, cities are wasting tax dollars on an open border that the federal government should eventually reimburse but that's all of our tax dollars so we're all being victimized but especially if you have any compassion these migrants are dying on a daily basis and really i'm not finding a whole lot of people on the left that advocate for open borders who actually care about it and it's sad Uh, it, it is it is really really sad. What about uh, uh, the morale of the border patrol agents themselves? Uh, do you get to talk to any of your old buddies or or talk to any of them off the record and how they how they are feeling regarding everything that's going on, all these policies and and uh, how their their work has evolved? Well, you know, living on the border and, and after three decades in the outfit. Uh, there probably isn't a day that goes by that I don't speak to a border patrol agent, whether I worked with them in the past or meet them out in the street. And then I often my reporting takes me out to the field to watch them do their job. Uh, I know they're downtrodden. They, they've, they've faced a lot of, of uh, adverse conditions at work. Uh, we know from a report in Breitbart that I just submitted a few days ago that at the end of the fiscal year, just the Border Patrol in the nine southwest border sectors from San Diego to the Rio Grande Valley, they arrested 2.2 million border crossers illegally entering the United States. That's 2.2 million. In the last year of the last administration, that number was slightly over 400,000. So they're doing four or five times the work. There were 600,000 who managed to get away, according to our sources. 600,000, just a little bit more than that. We don't know who those folks were, and the Border Patrol recognizes that. Those agents out there every day that are taking these surrenders by the hundreds realize that I am missing what's getting onto the private property of local ranchers and residents, and we don't know who they are. There, there's a significant rise in the encounter of migrants with criminal apprehensions, serious criminal previous convictions. It's 350% since 2020. That's the rise in migrants with criminal convictions for over 10,000 just this year. And the rise in homicides is nearly a thousand percent higher. Wow. Now, and that's when you ca carry just the first two years of the Biden administration and compare that to the last four of the previous administration it's a significant increase and uh, and it's hard to shed light on this stuff and and uh and reach those folks who advocate for open borders to let them know what the cost is to our residents yeah really uh, you know and these these people that are apprehended that have records that's because they have records in the united states correct that is correct so you know we don't know uh, what what they may be bringing from another country. We don't have access into those criminal databases. What we may get lucky with is if there's an active warrant against somebody and they're an Interpol contributing country, we may get that flash alert when they come. That's the only thing. But if it's a case where they have already served their sentence and they get released and they want to come to the United States, we're not going to know that in all likelihood unless somebody within the group tells us it knows them or they admit it themselves, which is a pretty far-fetched idea of that occurring. 
but but to get back to your question on the morale these border patrol agents are doing their job admirably each and every day a lot of them are retiring at their earliest convenience which is probably going to pinch the agency for staffing in, in the years to come but they get out there and they do this as humanely as possible and uh, and they certainly deserve to be commended for their efforts yeah i i can just imagine i mean it, it would be a very very uh tough way to i mean it'd be a tough job knowing that your uh that your employer really doesn't have your back <laughs> well and and sadly george it's not just them it's those ice agents in, in the interior of the united states and along the border who have pretty much been strangled by this administration from doing any kind of rational immigration enforcement they're a fugitive task force in houston who have their work limited in the in the really in, in a target rich environment for criminal migrants that have been released from prison that are amenable to deportation they're not even looking for those they're they're telling them hey hold off and only open up a few cases every pay period don't get out there and we know from that testimony in a court hearing with the attorney general in florida a senior ice executive says they're doing roughly 25 percent of the work that they did in 2020 and that's wow. all policy throttling ah that's incredible i mean uh, it, it just is it seems very very obvious that this administration doesn't care about the public safety of americans of americans i mean never mind you know uh, uh, the foreigners but americans for crying out loud you're right and, and i think it's both i mean they're watching these migrants drown uh, sometimes nine in one group right under a bridge where there's a port of entry well they they realize they're not going to allow them to come through a port because they don't qualify for entry. They want them here. They're encouraging them to come, but they're doing so in a manner that's putting children at risk, toddlers, young adults, men, women. Uh, it, it's really as inhumane as you could possibly make it right now. And those that are advocating and, and behind these policies or lack of policies to enforce immigration law do not care at all. They are absolutely okay with that. Wow. Randy, thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Um, tell the folks where they can follow you uh, on Breitbart and uh, how they can keep up with the news that you report. They can find us on Breitbart at BreitbartNews.com. They can find us on our Cartel Chronicles under our world page, and they can follow me at Randy Clark BBTX on Twitter. You got it. Thank you very, very much. We've been speaking with our good friend, Mr. Randy Clark, from reporter with Breitbart. Randy, stay safe, buddy. Thank you, George. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. Once again, George Rodriguez on KLUP. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez and Conservador talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio, The Answer. And we've got our good friend, uh, Mr. Todd Benzman, on the uh, line today. We, uh, I wanted to ask him, he has written two dynamite articles lately of research that he's been working on. And uh, I wanted to get him on and chat. First of all, uh, Todd, welcome to the show as always. Thank you for taking time to be with us. I appreciate being here as always. Uh, let me ask you first of all about the uh, well. I mean, you put it in the, in your in, in your uh, headlines of your the title of your article. The shocking numbers of uh, uh, show the unprecedented impact of illegal immigration on America. What did you re What did you write? Why did you write it? What's it all about? Sure. Well, this was in the Daily Mail, big piece in the Daily Mail, centerpiece, uh, with lots of charts and graphs showing where we stand in terms of the numbers. And the numbers are very important, how many are coming over the border, because, you know, you can call it an invasion or, um, you know, a crisis or whatever you want to call it. Something unprecedented is happening there. And uh, there's no argument about the numbers. The numbers are nonpartisan. And so the whole piece is focused around the numbers. And what those show us is that we have had 2.15 million apprehensions in just fiscal year 2022. Another 1.7 million apprehensions in fiscal year 2021. Both of those are record-breaking. Together, you're looking at about 4 million apprehensions. Now, some people might say, well, those, they caught them, except that 40 uh, or 60% of them are being let into the country. So 60% of millions is a lot of people to be letting into your country in a short period of time like that. That's the, uh, that's the catch and release situation. That yes, there's catch and release. Some of them are still being pushed back into Mexico under Title 42, but it's a smaller 
and smaller number. Only 40% are being pushed back now, whereas it used to be 60%. And pretty soon it'll be 0% because that's the goal. Uh, so the numbers of uh, illegal aliens that are crossing the border is in ionospheric history-making levels. However you want to uh, look at that through a partisan lens, it, 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 it is what it is. Uh, also, uh, we have had the most unaccompanied minors ever cross the border, all 300,000, and all of those are in. Uh, 300,000, whereas just, you know, seven years ago, there were so few, they didn't even bother keeping numbers on them. Uh, now it's, you know, we're having, you know, 10, 15, 20,000 a month come in on a company minors. And this is all policy driven. The administration of Joe Biden said out loud and, and acted on it later that they will leave no unaccompanied child behind in Mexico. So, the whole world of them came. Everybody sent their kid because everybody was getting in. So all of this is very specifically policy driven by the administration. Uh, and then the other number is the gotaways that matters here because we've had at least a million that we know of cross in over the border and get away that were not apprehended. So by my calculation, we probably have grown the country in a very short period of time by about two and a half million people, probably closer to three and three and a half million, uh, depending on how you want to look at the gotaways. And it, at this rate, we're probably going to be looking at uh, a megalopolis sized city the size of Chicago and L.A. combined. Uh, by the end of the Biden administration, just on this trajectory, uh, well, which I don't see any. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I have been doing interviews over here at the Migrant Center in San Antonio. I know. And all of these people that we have asked have said that they are coming because the time is right. I mean, it's not like, you know, they are fleeing uh, immediately uh, a, a catastrophe right now. It's not like, no, they are coming because. Well, they feel invited. I mean, that's the bottom line. Well, that's what they say. You know, they say it all the time. It's, it's so odd to me that there's any debate about this at all, but there is, about why they're coming. It's that they will tell you it's because Joe Biden made it easy to get in. Yep. When you, get, when you can get in, when all your neighbors and relatives got in a week before you're leaving, and you're going to come and get in now too. It's, it's really just that simple. It, it's, really, it's really sad that the news media doesn't admit that. That's the other thing. Right now, oh, there at the at the uh, at, at the migrant center, uh, the media has been buzzing. I mean, lots of them, constantly, daily, uh, trying to find somebody uh, attached to the uh, DeSantis story. Somebody that uh, yeah, yeah. Know, they go on and on. They're looking for somebody that'll tell them yes, he's responsible for. Uh, transporting people to Martha's Vineyard. On the other hand, they don't ask these people anything about why they're coming, uh, what they're going to do, uh, do they have any skills. They're not asking them anything. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I've just come to sort of make sport out of watching how the media covers this because uh, it's it's really, you have to, if, if you're them and you're trying to write stories about this, you you have to do amazing acrobatic yoga to get away from what what this, the real story is I mean you have to really work hard to avoid the story of why they're coming and why they're coming in such numbers now yeah it, it, it really you know uh, we're, we're even seeing I, I we interviewed uh, one person or one family should I say who are very middle class I would even say upper middle class uh, who got tired of waiting for the proper legal way to immigrate, and they just said, we, we just crossed uh, the bridge there in, in Eagle Pass, and that was the end of it. Oh. Yeah, they're in. <laughs> yeah, they're in. Everybody gets in. Incredible. I mean, even the, one, even the ones that are being pushed back under Title 42 eventually are going to get in. Every 100% of everybody who tries gets in. A hundred percent. And what do you think is going to be the impact on America in all this? I mean, so many foreign people, foreigners, I mean, period, period. I mean, not just foreign born, but foreigners. Well, we're going to have 
a very uh, transformed nation in a very short period of time. I mean, even a country the size of ours, 330 million, can't not feel the, the presence of 8 million people all of a sudden coming in. So you're going to have just millions and millions and upon millions of people, mostly with kids, uh, who are entering your school district and don't own homes, so they're not paying school taxes. Uh, you're going to pay all of those school taxes for the portable buildings and all the new teachers and the new school and the bond elections that are necessary to build new schools. And you're going to have, uh, we already have tremendous, terrible crime. Uh, in every city, everywhere uh, that immigrants are resettled, uh, you're bringing in people that you have no idea anything about them. You didn't get a chance to vet anybody uh, who in their home countries were convicted criminals. Uh, there's, there, there is good reporting uh, that gang members are coming in over that border with MS-13. They always have. And uh, lots of child rapists are being caught at the border for some reason that we know of and rapists in general, and also uh, people who uh, have been involved in violent crime that were kicked out of the country, already served their time, are coming back now because the border's open and they always wanted to get in, and they can now get in with the gotaways, as they, as they say. And uh, when we catch them, we can see in the press releases that go onto the CBP's website what type of people they are, and it's like every possible kind of heinous crime you can imagine uh, are they're returning and they will commit crime again we're going to have a big crime wave for a long time probably permanently yeah. uh, increase our, our national crime rate it's not going to go away we had you know uh, our, our sheriff here in Bear County has been uh, claiming that he's going to investigate human trafficking uh, the governor the governor of Florida for, for uh, human trafficking for sending uh, illegal aliens up to Martha's Vineyard. What he ought to do is go out to the migrant center and investigate who's uh, got criminal records or wh- who might be a terrorist. Yeah, I got I got nothing on that. It's just absurd. So, uh, you know, it's hard to <laughs> comment on something so dumb. I, you know, good luck. Good luck to him. <laughs> uh, real quick, before we let you go, because we only have a couple of minutes here, um, talk to us about uh, how how did the U.S. sell out Haitian democracy. Well, hate, right? Or they took they hooked, they took de- Haitian democracy away. Uh, so this is a piece that ran on the front page of the New York Post of mine uh, from my book Overrun, my forthcoming book. It's not out yet, but you can pre-order it, and it's all about this immigration crisis. Uh, when when uh, Haiti had a shot at holding national elections in November of last year. Uh, The Biden administration stepped in and had it all canceled so that the leader of Haiti would accept deportees from the migrant camp in Del Rio. Uh, It was part of a deal where they installed this guy as their de facto dictator of Haiti, canceled all the elections just so that they could get rid of that camp, which was causing uh, problems for the midterm elections that are coming up now. So they had to get rid of that camp. Otherwise, that camp was going to be there for probably permanently. It was never going to go away. The only way to get rid of it was to do air deportations. But you have to have a country willing to accept your deportees. And that guy said, I'm going to only take your deportees if you make me you know, president for life. Cancel these, these pesky elections that are just around the corner. And the Biden administration did that for its own midterm election prospects. And that's what the story was about. This is all according to the Biden-appointed U.S. ambassador to Haiti who resigned over this. Uh, This isn't some Trump guy. This is a Biden guy uh, outraged that the administration thwarted Haitian democracy just uh, on the on the cusp of them gaining it for that incredible incredible buddy tell the folks uh, we'll let you go now but uh, tell the folks where they can follow you where they can read more of your articles where they can uh, buy your book 
the best place is toddbensman.com uh, toddbensman.com and you'll find my book there front and center it's uh, by Post Hill Press it's uh, available for pre-order and it is all about this mass migration crisis how it started why it started based substantially on interviews with immigrants the primary source the central subject of this mass migration crisis the greatest in history you got it once again my friends we've been speaking with our good friend mr todd bensman from the center for immigration studies todd keep up the good work and keep us informed thank you much george rodriguez el conservador talking to you from san antonio Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you from Washington, D.C., here at the um, FAIR conference. And uh, we've got uh, another distinguished gentleman with us, Dale Wilcox. And Dale is the, um, he's the executive director and general counsel for the Immigration Reform Law Institute. We have, uh, we get uh, several of the, his staffers are our are, are guests on many occasions. But uh, we wanted to talk to him about this uh, situation in Bear County where our sheriff, Javier Salazar, has, uh, uh, is alleging that uh, with the help of some uh, organizations that uh, the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, has broken laws by uh, transporting people to, um, to Martha's Vineyard. Dale, welcome to the show. Give us your thoughts on this uh, action by uh, uh, Sheriff Salazar. Sure. Uh, I think this investigation is unfounded. In fact, if you look at his statements uh, when he did his press conference, he said he has uh, no knowledge of any statutes or laws that have been broken. But he's going to do the investigation anyway because he knows it's wrong. He's already prejudged um, uh, the actions of uh, DeSantis, Governor DeSantis, and uh, uh, made made up his mind. Obviously, this is... If you want to see a political stunt, this is a political stunt. Uh, There's nothing here. It sounds a little bit like the Trump collusion where uh, uh, somebody makes an allegation, comes up with uh, information, and then somebody else uh, starts an investigation. To, to make sure that it's true. Sure. It's a, it's a, I believe it's a pretense to uh, just start digging into Governor DeSantis and, and maybe trying to uh, subpoena some documents. or It's a fishing expedition. And also it's to uh, make Governor DeSantis look bad because he doesn't agree with uh, what he did. Now, if there's any laws that have been broken, uh, you know, right there in our in our own community in San Antonio, it seems like the city of San Antonio is helping to facilitate by establishing a migrant center uh, to process illegal aliens. It seems like uh, there's a, an effort to facilitate illegal immigration, which is constantly coming across the border. You're absolutely right, and from you know top to bottom, the Fed, starting with the feds, Joe Biden uh, is not enforcing the law. He's not taking care to enforce the laws as the Constitution requires him to do. And it goes all the way down to some of these local sanctuary jurisdictions who are facilitating um, uh, human smugglers, facilitating uh, drug traffickers. The uh, other co- problem that we've got, again, getting back to Bear County and San Antonio, is that we've got a George Soros DA that refuses to, um, to prosecute uh, lawbreakers on the basis of income, race, and uh, illegal alien status. Yeah, we're seeing this all around the country with Soros prosecutors, and what they're doing is they're creating special immigration units within their prosecutors' offices that uh, will either drop charges or downgrade charges on illegal aliens, so they won't be deported. Because under U.S. law, you commit certain crimes; that's a one-way ticket out of the country. Now, uh, it used to be that ICE would work with the sheriffs to pick up uh, uh, illegal aliens that had been arrested. Uh, is that happening anymore? At some places. Very limited. Um, you, you might see some people picked up for murder, something of that uh, degree, that level, uh, terrorism charge or something like that. But when you look at the ICE priorities that uh, Biden's um, um, uh, ICE, DHS, issued, uh, pretty much every illegal alien is safe here in the United States and, and doesn't have to worry about being picked up. Tell us a little bit about uh, the Immigration Reform Law Institute. What, uh, what, are challenge, what are the challenges you guys are seeing as an organization? 
Well, uh, we are the only uh, not-for-profit law firm in the United States that's pro-enforcement on the immigration issue. So we've been very busy, as you can imagine, under the Biden administration, and certainly we were under the Trump administration defending his policies. We filed more than 180 briefs throughout Trump's four years. Right now, we're, we're suing Biden throughout the country, and in fact, we are outside counsel for the state of Texas. Uh, what what uh, what cases are you working with in Texas? Uh, Title 42 uh, is one case, and we were actually uh, successful there, gotten an injunction, and uh, that case we just filed a brief this week in the Fifth Circuit defending a ruling on Title 42. Uh, the lower court ruled that uh, Biden ending Title 42 expulsions is uh, was illegal, which is very very interesting because one of the com- one of the uh, Complaints that we've heard in San Antonio at the Migrant Center has come from uh, has come from uh, firefighters that are in charge of the EMS who say that um, there's a lot of illness in there and nobody knows what it is. Right, yeah. We've seen uh, a rise in communicable diseases in the United States as a result of illegal immigration. Measles, which we had eradicated in 2000, is coming back. Uh, we've seen TB. We've seen, uh, uh, especially in the Afghans that have come over, um, uh, uh, Biden brought plane loads of Afghans into the United States. And uh, it's, it's shameful that, you know, uh, here recently a, a famous tennis player was prevented from playing in a, in a tournament here in the United States because he hadn't been vaccinated. Yet we're releasing illegal aliens, um, uh, thousands of illegal aliens into our communities who have not been vaccinated, who, in fact, a lot of them weren't even tested. Oh, my gosh. Dale, thank you very, very much for spending some time with us. Anything else that you'd like to add before you leave? Um, th- there's hope out there. We're winning in the courts, and uh, uh, stay strong to everyone, and, uh, you know, be sure to get out there and vote and uh, make your voice heard. Where can they, uh, how can they support uh, early? Uh, you can find us on the web at uh, IRLI.org. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at IRLI Law. Same thing on Instagram, Facebook, um, and uh, YouTube. And we can donate. And you certainly can donate. Uh, we're, we're a not-for-profit. We're supported by individual contributions. So uh, the more resources we have, the more lawsuits we can bring against Biden. Thank you very much, Dan. Once again, my friends, thank you for being with us today. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you, my friends. Once again, let me tell you, we will be looking for a sponsor come January. Well, actually, we're looking for sponsors now. But if you're interested in sponsoring our program, please let us know. Contact our office at KLUP here in San Antonio, KLUP 930 AM radio. George Rodriguez telling you goodbye. Thank you for joining us. Till next time. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.